You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, before we get to the show, let me remind you where you can find us on all the social media outlets that you may frequent on your computer or your laptop or whatever device you are using. Uh, on the Twitter, we are at TNWPod. On Instagram, we are at Talking Wrestling Podcast. On Instagram, on Facebook, it's Facebook backslash Talking Wrestling feel free to drop us a like there or send us a gmail at talkingwrestling at gmail.com uh, remember to uh, rate review subscribe on itunes if you give us uh, a five-star rating and a favorable review we will send you an 80s wrestling postcard we're losing postcards every week so get those reviews in and uh, get a good postcard before i have to send you a bad postcard like maybe you know who wants exotic adrian street not you. Don't be the last guy to send us a good review. Folks, what can I tell you? Uh, last week, we had a hiatus day. We were supposed to have Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Unfortunately, I didn't get the interview as planned. And uh, when I last spoke to Hacksaw, uh, he said we could do it on the phone. So that might happen in a couple of weeks. Uh, who knows? We just have to figure things out. Uh, eventually, we will have Hacksaw on the show. And I will say he was a gem to work with. Fantastic storyteller on the mic which is uh, hard to believe because in the ring, not the greatest storyteller. But, you know, what can I say? Every crowd was pretty much sold out that we went to, and they all enjoyed his shows. They all enjoyed his meet and greets. The guy sells two-by-fours by the, well, by the block, literally. He'll sell a two-by-four for $20, and he'll go through probably about 50 mini two-by-fours a night. It's crazy, you know, at the end of it. You know, you can get all of everybody together and play a game of Hacksaw Jim Jenga. And uh, that would be a fun game to play. So uh, the tour with him was fantastic, despite the weather being absolutely horrendous. We uh, lost a gig due to the ice storm and ice rain. And uh, that was terrible because uh, we are in the midst of April. And we still have bad weather up here in Canada. But now it's nice out and it's a new day. Yes, it is. And on the show today, I have originally from The Law, uh, live audio wrestling, but now doing his own thing on uh, TSN Radio, Sunday night main event. Jason Agnew's here. Jason, how are you, man? Doing well. Doing It's a Monday for me. So this is like my off day because, you know, working Sundays, I mean, I do Sunday night's main event now and had done The Law, what seemed like forever. And then for uh, people in Toronto, I'm also the host of Sunday Morning Trivia on News Talk 1010. So it's like, I like to say I work the reverse God schedule where I rest six days and work one. That's fantastic. You know, and like today is Monday, but I'm totally messed up on my days because usually we work, I, as a comedian, I work on the weekend. Yeah. But last week with the Hacksaw Tour, it was all like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I worked all the week and then I have the weekend off and I'm all confused. I'm like, what's today? But I know I go back to work tomorrow with comedy. There you go. So then that's always good. So yeah, I will be at the Absolute Comedy 
in Toronto this week. So if you're in Toronto listening, uh, drop out and see me. I'm happy to lead you to that plug Thank for your you. own show right for there. My no own problem. Show. Well, you plugged my show, so I figured we should plug some of yours as it, well, right? It worked out well. It yeah. worked out well. It's two broadcasters just feeding each other right yeah. now. Imagine it's like it's like the worst interview. We just keep asking each other questions and not answering any questions. We're just going to tell each other how great we are yeah. for like an hour. Is what I know. We're like two Barry Horowitzes. Nice. Patting, patting ourselves on, on the, the back. back. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> So, so basically, how did you get your start in wrestling? Like, what? When was your first moment that you fell in love with wrestling? Do you remember that? Oh, so going way back. I mean, this is when I was a kid. This is a, a, a strange story of my mom. She pretty much let me watch whatever I want, but the one thing that she objected to me watching was professional wrestling. She thought it was stupid. Yeah. And she hated it, so she would not let me watch it. So as a kid. Well, what does that mean? It means you want to watch. It's the only thing I wanted to watch. Yeah. So I had to sneak up to my buddy's house, and I just remember watching, of all things, a Saturday night's main event with the British Bulldogs versus the Hart Foundation and thinking this was, like, the greatest thing. I saw the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on Saturday night's main event where he headbutted Lanny Poffo, and Poffo did blood. Yeah. What? Who does that in the 80s in the WWF? Nobody. So moments like that, and then that was right around WrestleMania 2 and then WrestleMania 3, and I think I finally broke my mom down. And she started to let me watch right after WrestleMania 3. So I got to watch the WrestleMania 4 tournament, which in looking back, it's awful. But at that time, tournaments were the coolest thing in wrestling. Still love them to this day. So I got really into it back then. I faded out in what I like to call the lean years. When I was in high school, no one was really watching. I mean, in my head, I didn't get into the, you know, the Diesel and Razor Ramon and that kind of period. Wasn't into it then. And then all of a sudden, the Attitude Era hit. I was in university. Every time there was a pizza box in the hallway, it became a steel chair for my friends and I started watching again. And the moment that really, really got me back in was actually slightly before the Attitude Era. It was the Calgary Stampede pay-per-view, which happened that I believe had, what was it, Shamrock and the Road Warriors and Hart? Or was it? No, Hart was on the other side of things. Anyway, there was a tag team match that was the main, but it was right in the midst of the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart angle. And as someone who works in television and works in comedy and tells stories, I looked at the story that WWE was telling with Bret Hart being a babyface in Canada and a heel in the United States and doing this on national television to both audiences and was completely fascinated by this and it got me right back into it and then all of a sudden there was this little radio show that was an internet show that was just getting on the fan 590 that needed some help i was a radio student i started helping them and then we just fast forward uh, 18 years as i was there for that long that's crazy and uh that pay-per-view is one of my favorite pay-per-views and one of my favorite matches of all time and we started the show on the 20-year anniversary of that pay-per-view. Really? We started July 6th, last summer, which was uh, the 20th anniversary from 97, uh, Stampede in your house. Fantastic match. It's the only pay-per-view where the camera is shaking mm-hmm. because, because the it's building so loud. is yeah. so loud and they're lo- and it, it's insane. And that pay-per-view is fantastic. I can't wait to talk to Ken Shamrock about it and uh, ask him what it was like to even be in that match. He Oddly enough, he's- You think like, he'll remember? I think you so. Think? I think I think <laughs> he's taking a lot of shots to the head. Yeah, but Real I think ones and I think there's like certain events that I think like obviously I think he has to remember WrestleMania 13, right? Uh, being a part of that match because yeah. it's the greatest match of all time in my book. And number two, just being in that Stampede environment, and he was trained in Calgary. Like Bret Hart trained him to be the wrestler. Like 
when Brett left in that time and that he had off mm-hmm. while Sean was champion and then he came back, a lot of people don't know that Brett was training Mark Henry and Ken Shamrock and Edge and Christian. And he was like training all these guys. There was no NXT or there was no development. It was, hey, Brett's got a wrestling ring in his pool. Yeah, and, in his you know, backyard. His yeah. backyard. Like, yeah. let him train the wrestlers. Yeah. You know, and I don't think he gets enough credit for something like that, that he, on his off time, he actually trained a lot of these guys that went on to have Hall of Fame WWE careers. Well, yeah. I mean, when you say Hall of Fame WWE, well, Mark it's Henry like they just got popular. Well, I mean, yeah, but what is the WWE Hall of Fame, right? It's Coco Beware's in there for that matter. Well, you know, it's it's nice, it's, and I mean, you look back at Bruno San Martino it's getting the same in. as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's okay, always yeah, it's gonna popular. Crit- it's gonna, yeah. there's always going to be the critics, the critics. And that's yes, how I critics, say critics. Yes, the critics, and there's always going to be people that are upset, and it's never going to make any sense because the big events held in New York while the 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 place is in Cleveland. Oh yeah, I never even thought about that, but yeah, that's right. So there's so many things that don't make sense about yeah. it, but it's like. You know, this year Bon Jovi went in. Yeah. It's like, how many millions of albums do you need to sell before you get in? Because Bon Jovi has sold over 100 million albums, and why aren't they in already, you know? I don't think Coco Beware drew 100 million people, though. I don't think, I don't know why Coco Beware is in there. <laughs> yeah. That's the example that I always use, is that I'm sure he was just happy to get the phone call. It's but it's a matter to. of... It's the go-to. Yeah, I mean, WWE Hall of Fame is nice to celebrate the careers and such. And I was just talking about Bruno. I mean, yeah. I, you haven't had the opportunity to talk about Bruno on the podcast yet if you skipped last week, right? With him passing last yeah, week. Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, so, you know, I did my whole special on Bruno last night and talked to both Meltzer and had Dan Levransky on as well, my old co-host. And just with someone like Bruno, I mean, you look at that career that was legendary in the Northeast and actually had a lot of roots here in Toronto because we're broadcasting from Toronto, it was really a lot of the uh, multicultural and the Italian population here in Toronto that made Bruno the initial success that he was before he went back to New York. And Vince McMahon Sr. brought him in and was like, well, we have to use this guy because he's so popular. But due to Bruno having that disagreement with Vince McMahon Jr. in the early 80s, a lot of people wouldn't have known about him. WWE has such power that they can block out wrestlers and make them disappear if they don't like them. I mean, look at the Benoits of the world, yeah. what Enzo Amore is quickly going to become if nothing's settled with his case. But with Bruno, the nice thing is in 2013, he went into the Hall of Fame. They got to celebrate his career. They got to, yes, rewrite a bit of history, but it didn't matter. For the new fans, it exposed Bruno. So I don't have a problem with the Hall of Fame. What I do have a problem is, is when, when people go, this person deserves to be in there or doesn't deserve to be in there because that's not really a thing in the WWE Hall of Fame because it's not like Cooperstown. It's not like the Hockey Hall of Fame here in, in Toronto for, no. for hockey. It, it's different. It's a popularity contest and it's just a celebration of a career. Yeah, I agree. But I do like to see like every year who they are inducting and stuff like that. I wish uh, the fans had maybe more of a say into it. Like maybe if there's a fan vote of who they think should go in, but they don't. That's the last thing they want. I don't want that. Don't no. want, the last thing they want is China. No. On top of the ballot, right. followed by Owen. You, you got know, it. Or, or vice well, Owen versa. Owen would be number one. Owen I mean, is number one. That's the thing. People want Owen in there, but that's completely up to Owen's widow. Well, that was great. Uh, Mark Henry this yeah. week, I mean, at the Hall at of Fame. At the Hall of Fame this year. The yeah. way he addressed it. And I thought that was just fantastic. But, you know, this, that's an issue between Martha and uh, the WWE. Yeah, you know, I don't like, think she ever will. I don't think she ever will either. And I don't think it's really fair. I'm not going to be negative on the podcast, but, you know, I, I well, don't That's know. my job, Casey. It's, it's, it's I very, mean, I'm known as Angry Agnew on my show. Well, it's, so. just, it's, it's frustrating as, as an Owen Hart fan. Right. 
you know, and then, you know, it's like, you know, Martha Hart, she's like, I, she's never liked wrestling. Well, that's not true. She used to go watch Owen wrestle. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if she hated wrestling so much, why would she keep the name Hart after she's been remarried to someone else? Yeah. You know, because Hart carries weight, you know, especially in Calgary. It's it's synonymous, you know. Well, a lot famous. of, okay, sure, Martha Hart example, but along with that, the example of CM Punk, right? CM Punk, I don't think hates wrestling. Does he hate the WWE and who's in charge oh, yeah, there? I think so. Oh, for yeah. sure. If there's, you know, a, a lot of what we say uh, when we used to do the law or on on my show now is never say never. I mean, it's something that's tried and true in the world of wrestling. And you look at someone like Bret Hart coming back or the Ultimate Warrior mending fences, Bruno San Martino. Never say never for them to get back in bed. Yeah. But if there's one guy, if there's one guy that ain't gonna go back, I would place my bets on CM Punk. Oh, I, I would, I. Don't think he'll ever come back. Mm-hmm. Number one, he still has another fight on his contract. He's about to fight in. Oh, June. for UFC, yeah, he's fighting UFC. in June. But, that's, but I think I think yeah. there's more money in him, and there's more attention for him to go to Japan and wrestle Kenny Omega, yeah. or wrestle, uh, you know, Okada, Cody, or something. Or Don't you think? Cody. I mean, you know, we're gonna have All In coming up in September in, in Chicago. Chicago. There's a lot of rumors going on about that bear that keeps appearing and the possibility of it being CM Punk at and that the, event. That bear is straight edge. That bear that's does right. not drink. Yeah. Now that's the first time that you put that in my mind. <laughs> really, I, you haven't heard that theory well, before. I have not heard that theory because I, I straight edge bear. But they're playing to obviously the even marks. if it doesn't happen. They they're are obviously playing. playing towards that. They're in Chicago, and if it happens, that would be wonderful. But honestly, if you're Cody and you're promoting that event and you have the chance of CM Punk showing up, you don't want that to be a surprise. You're trying to fill a ten thousand seat arena. Yeah. You want that promoted because CM Punk showing up with a microphone in his hand, not even working, but with a microphone in his hand sells that arena out oh yeah yeah exactly if he if he came in and made a kind of just cut a promo yeah that's all he needs to do like he doesn't need to wrestle like he could just come in and cut a promo and that can be one of the most memorable moments of his career you bet you know uh like for example my example would be um bret hart always talks about how he never did anything great in wcw but i will talk about how great his promo was at the air canada center where where he, he had the, where the he steel was, on yeah before yes. he called out Goldberg yeah and he quit I thought that was one of his greatest moments of his career and I absolutely loved it and uh, he didn't wrestle that night he just came in he's in Canada he just came in cut a promo but cut the best promo and it was and, a great moment the steel and, on his chest underneath the Domi jersey yeah. was fantastic I yeah. love that but you're right I mean Brett does say that I mean he got so frustrated in WCW because I, I got to do a documentary on Brett and he just said there was a point where he was pitching stuff to Bischoff where he was going to bring his cat to the ring so it was like Teddy Hart before Teddy Hart existed I can't believe that's so funny that's what he wanted to do and he wanted to sneak over to the corner and like get whispers from his cat and then go I don't know what it is with the Hart family there's a guy and in Japan cats. doing that now what is there, there's a guy in Japan doing that. Is it really? Yeah, one of the one of the guys that's in uh, one of the oh, cheapers and say one of the clicks, but it's all clicks. He has uh, very colorful tights that look like graffiti on brick walls, and uh, he always he comes down with a little with a stuffed cat. cat. Oh, a stuffed and, cat. Brett yeah. wanted his real cat no, no, I know in the Brett corner. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the precursor to Teddy Hart. Or I wouldn't put this by Natalia, you know, and that happening later on. Natalia's cat's on Instagram and has tons of followers. I have an autographed two paws shirt. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> Who am I in this room with? <laughs> I, I bid on a, a Hart Foundation or a Hart Family package at a, at a, a, a charity auction. Yeah. And it was a bunch of pictures. 
and uh, a t-shirt. And the t-shirt was of two paws and it's autographed from two paws. Oh, man. So it's Natty signing for two paws, of obviously. Course, yeah. But all the autographs were like uh, either Natty, TJ, or Jim. So it was it was strictly from their family. But it was pretty cool because I got a couple, like a really nice uh, picture of Brett and Jim that's autographed by Jim. And uh nice picture of Natty and TJ. It's autographed by the both of them. I like stuff like that. So TJ is yeah. one of the nicest human beings in professional wrestling. You know what? Considering all the stuff he's on been through and, I know. and how unfair it yeah. was and how he yeah. was treated, you know, I just think he's fantastic. And I wish he I wish he was another guy that could still wrestle, but everybody's necks and injuries are different. And mm-hmm. you know, the fact that Daniel Bryan gets to come back is fantastic. But, you know, like... Well, TJ's just lucky to be alive. I mean, doctors exactly. have said with just due to the strength that he had in his neck, that's the only reason why it didn't snap and, and he's still alive. And I mean, I've talked to him and gone back and forth with him just about his feelings towards Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe is another guy anytime we had had him on the show. He's a great guy. Yeah. Like, he's just super. He's nice to talk to. He doesn't buy into all the shit that he's doing. He's just a human being that we're going to have a chat with, right? And TJ's like, you know, I really don't harbor any resentment to him. It was a freak accident so to be that mature and i mean i'm sure i haven't talked to joe about it but i mean i'm sure he feels horrendous about what happened here yeah. you know but it's yeah i guess a very mature attitude and a very unfortunate accident with the muscle buster with the guy that like joe has done it so many so times many and times. is so safe doing it i mean well there was also because you never know what's going to happen if you think back to that streak that aj styles had doing the styles clash where yeah. guys wouldn't they would tuck their neck because wrestlers are trained to tuck yeah, their neck and this is the reverse you it's the reverse it. yeah and there was just a streak where aj dropped about three guys on their head in a row and everyone's like the styles clash what's going on with aj and it's like no it's this default mechanism that has just been in their brains and it's a series of flukes that happened together because that almost happened with ellsworth but he corrected it before he did it yes i he, remember like, that reached down and like you know put his head the right way yeah and then did it and like yeah and ellsworth's neck that that's gonna snap yeah yeah exactly and ellsworth it's so funny like i i loved ellsworth uh i loved it when they like um the money in the bank i predicted that he would be the guy the last yeah. person to touch it before camilla and or the last person to touch it i put would be ellsworth People hated that, but I was like, but he's a heel. Like, that's all he wants to do is just try to impress his girl. All he's doing is going up and getting her the briefcase and giving her what she deserves in his mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can the marks be like, ah, oh, he ruined it. It's a first. It's a first. It's like, look, if he comes in and repeats at the Royal Rumble and wins that, you know, then get mad. But like, you know, it's it's the WWE. They can fix something the next day. Like, I was not happy when Nicholas... Oh, on the title WrestleMania, I'm like, I still hate it. They're, they're well, yeah, they're ruining Braun. They've built yes. Braun up into this monster, yeah. and now they're letting him show his personality through, and they're letting him be funny. Yeah, but it's taking away from the monster for sure. And you have him tag with uh, one of the ref's kids, and then you know it's like, okay, the next night on Monday Night Raw, where the, he forfeited the title because he's got school. I thought that was kind of funny. It was a and funny it was like, angle. At least it's just the wrong guy. But it was just like, yeah, it was the wrong guy to do yeah. it with. You know, like I thought Braun forgot that Cena already wrestled and was still looking for him. Mm-hmm. That to me would have been funnier. Well, my, my favorite part about that is when he jumped into the audience and he was running through and he was looking for the kid, he ran right by No Way Jose. <laughs> this is like, no, you know what? I'm going to take the 11-year-old over No Way Jose. I might as well, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because that seems like the way it's going to be. Nicholas will probably be a longer-lasting moment on Raw 
then I feel No Way Jose, who is already reeks of Adam Rose. Oh, that was immediate when he walked out. I felt bad for Jinder, who lost the U.S. title and then bumped into No Way Jose in the back. And I'm like, oh, buddy, that's your next program. That's bad news for you in the trade. But back to the Braun thing. I mean, the problem that happened before WrestleMania is when the Roman Reigns maybe scandal about steroids came out, right? WWE is protecting themselves. And if shit was going to hit the fan with Roman, then what they were going to do is shift Braun up into that main event. So because of that, they were keeping him free and just didn't have a program for it. I didn't see the need to go out and use the kid. You could have brought some sort of nostalgia back and had a partner thrown in type of deal, but they went that direction, unfortunately. Yeah, it was like like the last minute direction, like, Okay, it's showtime. What do we got? It's like, oh, come on. It was just such a a, a waste and sad because, like, we want to see Braun and Brock go again. I want to see that. Like, I want to, just based on the punch in the head and the knee in the head. Yeah, they got, they got pretty they vicious. That, like, I want to see those two go by themselves, you know, and that seemed like a logical match. But, you know, here we are with Roman and, and Brock again. But we're going into the great Royal Rumble. Greatest. The greatest. AC, the greatest well, Royal Rumble, which don't you think? Undersells I just every had other this, Rumble? Yeah. I had this epiphany last night doing the show at the end of the show going like, well, think about this. They're touting this as the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Number one, just because there's 50 people, that doesn't make it the greatest Royal Rumble. Number two, it totally pushes down anything you've done in the past. And this year, it's like you're topping something that you've already topped because we saw two Royal Rumbles this past year, the women's and the men's, and that event was booked very well. And for diversity's sake, I mean, you did have two Japanese performers win. So I thought everything was done. That was one of the best Royal Rumble events that I can remember. I really enjoyed it a lot. And now you're going in and it's like, great, we did a great job. Let's make this the greatest one. So you're pushing down everything you've done in the past. And also one of the unique things about the Royal Rumble is it happens once a year. And it's a gimmick that you get once and you spend 12 months looking forward to that one night of the year. It's my favorite event of the year. It's my favorite event. And now I'm getting it again. I don't think, you know, WWE, I say on the show, they have this thing, more is more. And it really, I always say it in regards to their programming, WrestleMania was what, eight hours this year? Because they just keep giving you more content, plus three hours the night before, plus the Hall of Fame. The greatest Royal Rumble event starts at noon, plus you got a one-hour pre-show, and it's booked on the network for five hours. (laughs) I don't need that. It's like Wrestle Kingdom. It's so long. It's one of the reasons why when NXT started, and I really jumped into following NXT and ended up starting a podcast about that that I previously did, it was nice. It was an hour a week, and then you got to the specials that were two hours. They're now three hours now, but the work rate is so high, it's booked so well, I can deal with that. I can deal with three hours. Three hours is kind of my limit. And honestly, I'm hoping this Fox deal comes through because I want Raw to go back to two because I don't want to deal with three every Monday. Three I hours is a special event. I do not like three event. hours of Raw. I like two hours of SmackDown. It's fine. Uh, one hour of NXT is perfect. Like imagine the hour wrestling show being the best one. Yeah. Which is it continually the format happens. for wrestling forever was yeah. an hour wrestling show. But as far as the greatest, I, I think obviously they mean by size like i'm looking at the great lake of ontario there's nothing great about that lake at all you can't swim in it you can't do anything with it it reeks it produces swamp monsters that win oscars that's all that lake is good for oh for those of you don't know the shape of water was filmed here in toronto and that was just a regular dude that swam up 
in Lake Ontario from Hamilton, and that's what happened. That's it. That's that's it. He, and he found mutated. a mute lady, and boom, and, yeah. there you go. And Movie they got, magic. And they got freaky. Yeah. Now, mind you, I just think you know that's a great leg because of its size. I think that's why, why this is the greatest Royal Rumble because of its size. It's fifty people, but they can't be doing two minute intervals. Oh, it's going to be the longest Royal Rumble. It will be like one minute. It seems like a good idea, but one minute doesn't make it the greatest. Two minutes is the greatest. Remember when they did one minute one it before just like, and they put it to 40? It's entrance, 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 entrance is all that you basically have if you're yeah. going to do that. I mean, if you think back, they have done, yeah, a 40-man rumble, as you were saying. And they did a one minute and it wasn't good. 40-man rumble, who won? That was at Del Rio? I think so, yeah. Del Rio won that. Was that the spot where one of my favorite moments ever is when Del Rio had thought he had won and Santino Morella who had been hiding under the ring, comes out, and I was like, oh, no way. He's one of my, like, I love Anthony, and I love the Santino character. I was like, could yeah. this happen? And he was going nuts. And oh, he was yeah. Like, doing everything in the ring, and he's like, threw it, like, oh, that was such a great, that was so great, so great. I'm a, such a huge Santino fan, because he's so entertaining, and then you thought he won, and then, yeah, yeah and then finally, boom. Uh, I think that might have been it. But yeah, I just think, and the card too of like defending every every title is being defended. Except the women's titles. We Except don't need those titles. in Saudi Arabia. Well, you know. We don't need those. The women's movement no. is, is doing really well in North America. Yeah, yeah not so much and over the rest there. the world, but not so yeah. much in Saudi Arabia. So there was a council that rated Saudi Arabia 141st out of 144th, as in bad as far as women's rights go in yeah. the world, rated yeah. countries. It's horrendous over there women aren't even allowed to attend this event without a male guardian giving them permission to attend wow that's crazy well, it's I bad news i'm shocked if you money. look back <laughs> it's completely money yeah. but i'm also looking at what wwe has done in the past look at the pressure that they fell into and caved into in regard to the the fabulous moolah battle royal at wrestlemania they changed the name like that, once the media jumped on it. Yeah. There's a few media outlets that have jumped on this. I mean, I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, but there hasn't been that big one that's come around and said, hey, you're promoting this and you're doing a monetary deal with a company that might as well be living in a cave as far as women's rights go. And if they were living in a cave, the woman wouldn't be allowed to get out of the cave. Yeah. I mean, that's how things go there. WWE is a company that is multi-billion dollars as far as what they're making and what they're doing. Why do they need more? And why are they not doing a woman in a cage match? A woman in a cage match? Why can't just they her? do that? It's Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's let's put great. that woman in the cage match and let's see who can release her. Oh, man. We're going to get ready for the hate mail <laughs> right there. It's just an idea. You can put a woman on a pole match, too. But, you know, you don't want that. So anyhow, I'm surprised that the not that the event is happening, but that they're pushing it so heavy and making it such a big deal. I mean, there's got to be billions of dollars in regards to what's happening and here it's, with this I guess deal. it's the first of several events they're doing. Yeah, I be, I think it's a, what, a 10-year deal. They're uh, doing that a they're greater doing? WrestleMania. Oh, great. I, no, I'm this is a greater WrestleMania. Never it's, you mind. It's, it's right it's, after WrestleMania and there's a bunch of rematches that yeah. are happening. So this is like, it's a WrestleMania on top of WrestleMania. And it's going to be almost as long, being six hours, the pre-show and the five-hour card. It's just, it's something that I'm going to watch and I'm going to cover, but it's not something that I need and I think it also gets in the way of the promotion of when you scale back on the dual branded pay-per-views that they've just done and gone back to co-branded pay-per-views yeah. and doing once a month because it didn't increase subscribers 
And now you're throwing this right before backlash. Is yeah. it backlash? Is that yeah, backlash and then payback. So right before backlash, and it's like, well, why? Now you're just taking away from what you're promoting on May 6 or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think uh, you know what's going to happen. Like you know, there's all the rumors that Brock is being held onto until that. Yeah, and then he'll drop the title. Unsure as moment. to how many matches his deal is. There is some speculation out there that. Earlier, we touched on CM Punk. Now, if you remember back a few years when Punk was paired with Heyman, Uh he had that great streak where he just held on to that title. And I think it ranks, what does it go? Like Bruno Hogan is Punk next? Like, or Morales is maybe still in there as far as people that have held the title. But for the modern era, Punk has the longest reign. If Brock holds on to this title to, I think it's SummerSlam, he breaks that reign. And you know how... The McMahons operate. When someone's on the outs, as we talked about, they want to erase them from the history books. Oh, yeah. So perhaps Brock holds on to this title just long enough to break CM Punk's record so they can tout Brock, and then he gives it up. And maybe maybe it's not to Roman. I was a big proponent of Bobby Lashley coming in and facing off against Brock Lesnar, especially if Brock was hightailing it back to UFC. Yeah. Because Bobby Lashley's been away for so long. You know, he fought in Strike Force and there was a little bit of MMA to him. He got great when he was paired with MVP and Impact Wrestling. That yep. was a, a delightful combo. And I thought maybe this is an opponent for Brock. And once again, much like the Braun and Brock thing, you'll have two big guys go in there and it'll be a slobber knocker, as JR would say. I think it'll be a great match. But no, instead he runs out for the drifter and then becomes a generic man in a 10-man tag team match the week after. Yeah. And, you know, what do you, yeah, like, where does it go from here? Like, how does Bobby Lashley fit into the card? He doesn't. He'll he does the Royal Rumble. That's it. He's just in there. And he's so just going to be in there of, and get thrown one out. one of 50. That's it. One of 50 randos. That's what he's already been made into. That's astounding. That That's what he's already been made into after just coming back. It's almost like, too, like, if you're promoted that weekend after WrestleMania from NXT, mm-hmm. it's almost like I'd be like, I'm fine. Like if I was like st- like top of the card, having a good time down in NXT, and they're touring now and they're doing house shows, you know, I'd be like, I wouldn't be in such a hurry. I don't think to get up to the main roster. Yeah, I rock. Think your bank account might make you in a bit more of a hurry, though. Perhaps, but you know, it's just like I've never understood that. Like why. You know, if you can bring guys up, why can't you send guys down? They tried it briefly when Alex Riley went back, and did Ryder? Did Zach Ryder go down? TJ yeah. was kind of down there helping. TJ out. was that, that was actually a great example. Is when TJ was down there, and he had a really great run. And and that's when NXT really took off at that point. Yeah. So you've kind of seen it, but no longer in the modern era. I mean, it's strictly, you know, if you compare it to something like baseball, you know how in like AAA guys will go up and down and you have some veterans paired with young guys. Yeah. NXT used to function like that, but now it functions more like AA where it's all your prospects and boom, they just jump from AA to go to the majors. Yeah. And you have the 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 people that they build themselves and they find, and then they they like Vince used to. They go and they take the top talent yeah. from the from the top territories. Yeah. So Hunter has a bit of a traditionalist in him, as well as uh, you know the guy that's building the talent for the future. I was watching some of the uh, Saudi Arabia tryouts. Oh yeah. They had a guy doing forty rolls in under two minutes. Oh wow. Oh, it was pretty insane. And then the fact that he could just get up and walk out normal, I'm like, that's impressive. Because I'd be dizzy as hell. 
Yeah, you know? you know, we talk about this, but we wouldn't be too good in a ring, I don't think. Oh, no, I'd be terrible in a yeah. ring. Have you ever taken a bump? Oh, yeah, for of, sure. Yeah, 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 I took part in a documentary where I took bumps, and I'm like, I knew, I always knew it hurt. I took bumps for some reason. They rented a boxing ring for me, too. So. I was in a boxing ring, and they hurt when you land. Yeah, it's yeah. Not like... Were we at Florida Jacks? No, I was. Oh, okay. uh, I did a, a corporate commercial okay. one time. It was a pharmaceutical commercial, and each pharmaceutical, the explanation was like they were a wrestler. Okay. So they had the characteristics of the pharmaceutical. So I was a tag team, but I agreed to like, yeah, you can you can clothesline me, and you can do yep. this, and you can do that. And I'm did like, they have I, wrestlers on set to do this? No, with, oh, there were no wrestlers. It was very good. cheap. It was very, but I just knew from backyard wrestling, like. I know how to land properly, like oh boy. throw your arms back and tuck your chin. And, yeah. you know, like, so I was enjoying it. But when you throw yourself down and you think that Matt's going to take like a wrestling ring and it hits a boxing drink. <laughs> yeah, regardless, you know, big people falling down. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah. The next day, that day was a great idea. The next day you learned that it wasn't. Oh, so sore. So yeah, sore. For sure. And that's what these guys do each and every day. It's It's absolutely incredible what we watch and what we do criticize. But really, it's a matter of, especially with, with doing a show that I do, it's more of a newsy show and uh, talking about what's happening. And I mean, fantasy booking is obviously, you know, the favorite thing for everyone Everybody. to do. Yeah. But it's like, I'll criticize it because I like it so much. And I was like, oh, I just want this to go the way I want it to go. It's the same reason that I didn't like, you know, The Last Jedi. Well, that's ex- I draw this analogy all the time. And I say... The reason why people did not like Jedi is because they're like wrestling marks who go into business for themselves and they fantasy book it the way they want. And then when it doesn't go the way way they want, they get all pissy and bony and upset and they blame the establishment when it's just like, no, you're just a huge nerd. Just stop fantasy booking and just watch it and enjoy it. You have no idea how many Snoke origin theories I read after the first one came out. I wanted them to be brother and sister. I wanted them. Well, that was the... That, that was the Timothy Zahn novel. Right, now, all right? of a sudden, we're Star Wars podcast. Was it, wasn't it? It was Jason and uh, Jason and something else. So I can't remember her yeah, name, right? I think it was in like Champions of the Forest and Dark Force Rising and those okay. novels. But I thought, oh, they're going to kind of stay yeah, true to those novels. Me too. Because there were so many things that made you say, like, you know, when they're in fighting in the woods... And then they get separated by the ground splits up. But yes, yeah. And it made sense because they split up Luke and Leia. Yeah. You know, and Leia, the female is more important to hide because she's the one that can reproduce. So they had to put her in the desert. The way that certain things made sense, it made sense to all go a certain way. And why do they keep showing the the X-Wing underwater if they're not going to let her lift it when he's training her? I don't understand. I'm still, I have not given up hope that that's going to be revealed in number three. Well, I still haven't given up because, you know, when she looked at the glass and he said, you know, who your parents were and now, you know, and they were nobodies. I don't I honestly I don't believe it. But I kind of <laughs> but I kind of do because like, there's a thing, too, is like, oh, remember in the first one, Princess Leia snubbed Chewbacca. It was like, yeah, yeah. because she knew her daughter was in front of her. She knew Han, I don't think ever would have known it was her daughter because it would have been you can't have both of them knowing because then they're both liable for it. So if they hide one and they keep the other, like she could she would have maybe Han was somewhere else during the birth mm-hmm. and they split the babies up and they hide the girl. So Han would have never known her. Right. But she would always heard these tales of Han Solo and then she would have never known it was their father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when they show up and Chewbacca gets ignored, it's because Princess Leia has seen her daughter for the first time in 20 mm. years. So I thought. Right. So that's the way I booked it. But yeah. then, you know, I I would not get upset at the way the end of Star Wars ended because 
I was like, no, I know why I'm getting upset. It's a, it's actually a good movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And for what it was, I enjoyed it. Like, why couldn't Luke think of killing the Emperor the way they they killed the, their guy? Just turn that friggin' uh, lightsaber, lightsaber around. Like, it was so easy. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Why didn't Snoke know that was coming? Well, Anyhow, but this is this is a great but parallel it's a, it's to the geekdom. Yeah. And, of wrestling. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's one of the things. People get angry when things don't go their way. And uh, that is what I do. I think that's what my show is based on. Are you going to try to pre-book the 50 people and when no, they come no. in? And- I don't even know who's winning. So who do you think is the proper person to win? Well, only 18 people have been announced. So Okay. But I'm like, you know, who do you want to win? I don't know. Now they say Bobby Lashley. No, I can't see it. it no. He wasn't brought in properly. Chris Jericho? Uh, doesn't make sense because he's doesn't not on the sense. roster. Well, he's right? going to be there. He's in the Royal. He's in the Battle Royal. Yeah, he's he's in the Battle Royal. He's in the Royal Rumble. He is Are the no wrestlers longer, doing double time? I think so. I just look at the amount. You need 50 people. So I think that you will get guys wrestling in one match and coming back out and doing the greatest Royal Rumble. Also, uh, for those of you who what haven't if, heard What if Charlotte Flair comes in with a mustache? Oh, yes. And, and, her, and her hair is tucked up over the hat. She's Charlie Flair. It's all, uh, <laughs> or there's just a whole bunch of... Very slight, uh, curvy men with lucha masks on. Yes, yes. Uh, I I think though the be- um, the lynch mob is what yeah. they're called. Yeah, they all have red fiery Lita hair. I think that perhaps a great visual to end it would be a whole bunch of Saudi Arabians in the audience chanting yes. Um. Yeah. With the largest crowd that's going to be there, I think that yeah, that could be something. That could be something to use for their promos. And I just wonder how well Jinder's going to do down there, too. Like, is Jinder going to be over? I know he's not Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he's, he, but I he, mean, he's you technically know, from Alberta. So. He's, he's from Alberta. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess I was on tour in Calgary, uh, well, not too long ago. Well, two tours ago, and a guy was like, you know, I uh, put my foot on his throat back in grade four. I'm like, hey, when's the last? You think you'd do it again? No, nope. probably not. <laughs> not the new gender. Are you excited about a maybe this will happen in the Greatest Royal Rumble, which might make it the Greatest Royal Rumble, a three man band reunion? Oh, maybe it happens in the Royal Rumble. You know what? They would they would not make reference to it. I, I I don't think they would anyway. It would be funny if that does happen, and then immediately Drew McIntyre throws the other two out. Because he's their priority right now. Well, I don't think he's going to have... I think maybe they draw it, they do it, and then they both throw Heath Slater out. And then they go fight for a little bit longer. Because I don't think Drew McIntyre is going to throw Jinder out as easy as they were going to get rid yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're building him for that No Way Jose feud that we talked about. Exactly. Whereas, whereas Drew McIntyre is now who? Dolph's heater? He's, he's Dolph's... Dolph's buddy, Dolph's protection. Um, what I hope he is to Dolph is what Cass ends up being to Miz. I hope that Ooh, that transpires. Yes. I, well, I can't wait for the Miz Daniel Bryan feud. To I start. think everyone's in that. <clears throat> I thought that that on uh, so a week ago, probably a couple of raws ago, for when you're listening to this, when they did that scenario of Kurt Angle coming out and said, "Say goodbye." You know, number one, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were wonderful. Yeah, and I actually enjoyed the rationale of Stephanie, even though. Owens had but a McMahon a, a year ago, and that yeah, well, doesn't that make nowhere. total sense. But yeah, I went nowhere. Well, that doesn't make total sense. But you know, Stephanie disliking Kurt for siding with Ronda, bringing back these two jerks on the show that are going to give Kurt a hard time. I love that. Sammy and, and Kevin are amazing. And then all of a sudden, it's Miz. Say goodbye to the Miz, and everyone played their part perfectly. All the facial expressions, all the words, the scripts, 
Everything was beautiful in that moment, and the crowd all knew what was happening from, what, a year ago when they were on Talking Smack yelling at one another for the feud that we never thought was going to happen? No. Just imagine when that match does actually happen, whether it be SummerSlam or whatever, and you get the yes kicks to Miz in the ring. Yeah. How bananas the crowd is going to go. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Just to, like, as soon as they let Miz start cutting the promos on him, it's going to be great. Like, I can't wait till he says something like, because he, he, like, his promos are so honest. He's like, you know, he'll probably make fun of yeah. the fact that, like, you know, what are you going to do now that John Cena is not going to be your brother-in-law? That's great. You know, where are you going to go now? It's great. It's like, can you carry Total Bellas? Are they going to move <laughs> all? Is everybody moving into your shack? Is this <laughs> what's happening? That's a great promo right there. Right? Like, it's great. Like, you, you, you know, you're the number one man now. You're not going to give it to Johnny Ace. Yeah. You know, you're the leader of the Bella family. Where is it going to go, Daniel? It has the potential to really do well with all of their worlds. And by that, I mean the fans who just watch WWE every week. The fans that follow along, as you said, the Bellas. And then the fans like us who follow it more in depth and know a bit of behind the scenes stuff and, and know about the neck injury and know about the real heat behind the scenes. It has all the levels covered to be a very satisfying feud. Uh, maybe perhaps in the ring is a little bit lower. But, I, I, you know, people complain about The Miz in the ring, but he's just so good on the mic. I'll forgive oh, him me. for what he I does think in the ring. I think he's fine in the ring. Yeah? Yeah, I do think he's fine in the ring. I think I like his moveset. I like his psychology in his matches. Like, I, I've always been a Miz fan. I always think he's very underrated. Even, like, when he took over, you know, when uh, the last year Tough Enough, when the Miz's show afterwards and the Miz hosting was the best thing about Tough Enough, and then Hogan got ousted because of the yes, video. Yes, that's right, yep. So the Miz had to go in and be a judge. And I remember one of the things that happened was Mandy Rose got eliminated, and uh, Paige did not like Mandy Rose at all. And uh, the Miz used his save card and saved her. And she's like, Paige's like, she can't wrestle. And he goes, anyone can learn to wrestle. Look at how hot she is. Oh, yeah. And he goes, that's something you don't find every day, how hot she is. He goes, look at that. He's like, Trish Stratus was that hot. She can learn to wrestle. You know, and he Well, kinda... not everyone can learn to wrestle. Well, I mean, Kelly Kelly, great example right there. She well, was hot, but look at, As far as Mandy Rose on television she's now. She's doing well now. No, she's, she's doing, doing well. well yeah. You know, so. She's very fit person as well and that's always going to give you a leg up whereas yeah. kelly kelly just came at it from a model no there's a difference between being a model and a fitness model and that's where trish fell into things as well yeah. being a fitness model and you know she came in she was i mean i remember that first promo with her with, with tna and such and it was it was just so rough but she's someone who not only took to the mic but took to her in-ring stuff so exceptionally and, and so quickly yeah yeah she's absolutely fantastic and but Mandy Rose, you watch her, and she's doing fine on Raw. Like she doesn't she look. I think they were thinking she was going to end up like Eva Marie. Yeah, and she's, she's already not. better. She's like, already better. better. But and there's he, a great example that you said anyone can learn to wrestle. And there's a, another example for you, Eve Marie. Yeah. No, terrible, absolutely horrible. No, no matter how much no. Brian Kendrick does with her, <laughs> you can't nothing. Maybe get a better wrestler. That's like slicing bread with a dull knife. Yeah. Maybe slicing bread with a spoon for that matter. Exactly. She is a spoon in the drawer of life is what I'm saying. Oh, just absolutely horrible. But oh, when you look at that tough enough class, it's Daria and Mandy Rose that ended up with Paige. And they're the two girls right. that moved on. Chelsea Lee would go on to TNA 
and date Zack Ryder. Yeah, that's uh, right. And, and, and she's then, not there anymore, though. No. Yeah. And uh, you know, as far as the guys go, the only guy that's doing anything is Hatter Clark, Velveteen Dream. Yeah, and he was the guy who should have won. I mean, we could I all see won. it that season that that he was head and shoulders above. Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark's interesting because I remember seeing that character and looking at it and just going, you feel like the 80s and you're not convincing me. And then I watched it progress. And I mean, he's also been helped by being in the ring by some very talented people. Yes. It was him and Alistair Black yeah. had that amazing match last year that I absolutely adored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that will help him along. I'm glad because there was talk of bringing him up in the shakeup this year. No, and I'm no, glad no, they yeah. didn't. He's got to stay down there for a little while longer. Those are the type of guys in NXT when, when you were talking about the fact that you have guys coming from outside organizations. What that does is not only give you guys that you can send right to the main roster, but it benefits the guys that are working through the WWE system, like your Patrick Clarks of the world, like your Authors of Pain. Yeah. You know, where they're built in the Performance Center, but they're coming up, and when they're in NXT, Authors of Pain get to work with DIY. You know, and that's how they learn, going on the road and, and, and working like that. And Patrick Clark has found himself in the exact same situation. Yeah. And the thing about doing the house shows is that's where you're going to learn to build your matches yeah. and what works on television. Like I used to love going to house shows. I still do love going to house shows, WWE house shows and seeing something that they're doing on the house shows yeah. that you probably want. And then two months down the line, they bring it out on the raw and it's like, Oh my God. Remember when they did this at that? Like Rikishi was dancing in house shows long before he ever did it on air. You know, you know, that was probably something that they finally brought to air. Like, because too cool was too cool. And then who knew that, okay, now Dancing Makishi's yeah, the next a big thing. thing. It's a thing. You know, and look at how that, like, boom. Like, you know, Makishi goes in the Hall of Fame. They have to bring back Okay, you and cool. your Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, it's all about the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, you look at the, what moment are we going to go out on? Well, how about Rikishi dancing? It's yeah. like, Rikishi had quite a long career. Like, talk about, we were talking earlier off air about the guy from Montreal that wrote... Uh, Pat LeBrod? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up in outside of Ottawa. International in Valley. wrestling? So I grew up on, yeah, international wrestling. Yeah. La Lute International. And I watched it religiously. So when I bought... He's like, yeah, I got four DVDs, pretty much the entire collection that you can get. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just take that. I'll just <laughs> yeah. take all four of these. I was like, how many Ricky Martel matches do we have on oh here? Oh, my goodness. You yeah. know, and Dino Bravo matches. And that's why, you know, I never got to discuss this with Jim Duggan, but... I never cheered for Jim Duggan because I didn't like the fact that he was so over that he could walk into Ottawa and start chanting USA <laughs> against Dino Bravo, yeah. who's from across the river. Yeah. And the fans are going to go along with this? No, no, I will not participate. And uh, the picture that I had to get autographed by him, I actually, I, but I forgot to get it autographed because the last night I thought I'd see him the next morning. Anyways, or maybe it is, I gave it to the other guy who was doing the last show with him. I said, can you get this autograph for me? And it's a picture of uh, a screenshot that I took from uh, Superstars taping. And uh, from uh, 91, September 8, 1991, it was uh, Ric Flair's debut. But uh, also on the Superstars taping was Hacksaw Jim Duggan match. Just a crush match, right? So he's got the, the two by four up. And he's yeah, not a it. match with crush. No, squash no. Squash match. Crush oh, okay, is, gotcha. <laughs> Crush is there. But um, so it's just a squash match. And so he's there. He's got the two by four. He's hoeing. And everybody in the audience has got their thumbs up hoeing back. But you can literally 
see I can pick myself out of the audience because I know where we were sitting and yeah. I know what we were wearing. And all my buddies are doing the hoe and I have my arms folded. Mm-hmm. But it's a great picture because you can clearly see that I, that one person is not cheering. And I was like, oh, Hacksaw, this is the last time we were in a picture together. Uh, this is you. Yeah. I'm like, and this is me. And he starts to, I'm like, I'm not cheering. And then we laughed. Such a cool picture to have if I got a time. For sure, yeah. But yeah, I never cheered for him because he wrestled Dino Bravo. And Dino Bravo was like, I was a Dino Bravo fan long before I came to WWE. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not true because he was in the WWE before I was long even a wrestling fan. But before he came back to the WWE as the blonde The blonde Dino Bravo, yes. I like the high flyer. That was Rick Martel's tag team partner. Oh, man, that was before me. Well, they were supposed to go into the Crockett Cup uh, one year. And uh, this Crockett Cup tournament was like a tag team tournament for anybody. Anybody could go in from any federation. Of course, everybody from everywhere was in this tournament, except for the WWE did not participate. Right. As they always did. So, you know, you're never going to see who's better than the Road Warriors. But... But uh, where are we on the show now? I'm, uh, we're probably almost done. Are we done? I think we're Is that almost it? done. We're wrapping up? Well, we should be done. In a few you never minutes. gave me your prediction for the greatest Royal Rumble. I think the greatest Royal Rumble prediction will be. Um, Unless Bobby Lashley was it. Maybe. No, it might be Kali. Oh, Kali uh, winning? What no, are you I, saying? I, he, I, I, he'll I, show up. I think Kali will be in it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, he's a, probably a, a cheap flight. Sure. Maybe even, maybe even a train <laughs> okay. uh, or a bus. No, I think uh, Braun. Probably Braun. Yeah. 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 This is going to bring him back. I think this would have to bring him back. And then the kid will run into the ring afterwards and give him a big high five. I think he brought the ref's kid to Saudi Arabia. I think he turns on Nicholas through the last two. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Throws Nicholas out. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it, it has to be Braun. Other than that, I don't know who else you would give it to, like 50 people. And what is this? Where does it go? Oh, it does. What do you win? You get a statue, you win a maybe. Title, you I don't win know. A, what do you win? There's, they, they have not. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. That's another problem with it. It's a weird event that's in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have a stake attached to it. And if it's the greatest Royal Rumble, shouldn't it have a stake attached to it? Well, then, if it has a stake attached to it, we can, we can cancel out Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> because they're not going to put him. He's a vegan. The, He'll have no oh, nothing to go. do with it. Yeah. Um. Well, you know what? You say Daniel Bryan. I'll, yeah. I'll say I'll go with Braun. All right. But it probably would be Daniel Bryan. It makes sense to have the in WWE world. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to. But happen. you know, but you know, like you've seen backstage on the videos and the documentaries where Vince is always like, "I don't care what happens, just end it on this." Yeah, with yeah, the yes yeah. sign, the yes and he sign. wants that. Like to have eighty thousand people well, it's do not. that. They they got a real problem with attendance over there. It's been a real shit show as far oh, as ticket not? sales. Yeah, they they're gonna blanket off a good portion of the arena. Apparently, God, why they, can't I ever get to one of those shows where yeah, they just apparently them off? They did a thing in regards to ticket sales, and I don't know the full details on this. If you're listening, you can read up on it. But certain seats were reserved for like Saudi like royalty and like politicians and such, and then single fans can no longer buy tickets because they want families, and there's they're restricting some tickets to only be sold to families so now if you're like a single dude and want to go see this in saudi arabia you can't get a ticket unless you find a family oh but it's really odd there's wait, a lot of problems over there is there does this craigslist saudi arabia have families available maybe on it? maybe how do you get a family in saudi arabia 
I don't. Uh, I, we're not the, even going to go there because this is where our comedic sensibilities are going to take over and we're really going to offend no, some because people. because I'm writing a rom-com on this right now about a guy who's trying to go to a wrestling event in Saudi Arabia and he needs to fall in love and create a family in time to get to the wrestling event. And uh, if I was a better comedian, I'd have a clever pun for the title, but I'm not that good. Okay. So Next week. Next Tune week, back in for that next week. For the... the, the the, wrestling the with line. my no i don't know but uh yeah so as far as that i think brock you think brock's gonna retain the title or you think he's gonna lose title that all that's all contract dependent i kind of hope he retains it once again i don't care for reigns so i kind of hope brock does and well holds you know, until SummerSlam. yeah it would be i would like to see that i would like to see him wrestle someone else as well i thought i think brock will retain as well because most people are expecting uh, roman to lose it uh, to win it, mm-hmm. so I think I like it when they do that. Um, as far as uh, the U.S. title, we got to- swap. You want you think a swap's going to happen? Because it's is it it's Jinder versus uh, Hardy again, right? So you have yeah. the different brands, and then the IC title is a four way, and Joe is involved, and Joe's now on SmackDown. So what you could do is you could have Joe win the IC title, put it back on SmackDown, have a uh, Jinder win the US title, take it back to Raw. What that can do for you is there's all this talk about the Miz breaking the uh, the culmination record of having the IC title, which I think is held by is it Edge or Jericho or something yeah. like. That. Any yeah, yeah, so you could have Miz at least on the brand with the IC title so he can eventually regain it and, uh, you know, again, dismiss that record and beat that record. I would like to see Jericho go uh, come in at like number three and last to number 40. Oh, man. And then uh, all that time gets accumulated to his greatest time because he's like, has. I think he is the most longest in, in the ring time yeah. for Royal Rumble competitors. Yeah. And I think just give that, all that to Jericho and let him like have it for a couple more years. There you go. So with that said, let's see the other titles, the Intercontinental title. I like that, what you're saying about the switches. Um, the Usos are going up against the ex-Wyatts. The, uh, what are they called? Oh, Bludgeon now? Brothers? The Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. I, I like what they're doing with the Bludgeon Brothers. This is why my push was on to have Bray and Matt be swapped over to SmackDown because I thought that they would be a great opponents for the Bludgeon Brothers. And then breaking off that, they would have been ideal for Sanity as well. And you had just a yeah. weird, wacky tag division on SmackDown. But they opted to move Jeff Hardy over there. And I thought, I thought that was essential as well when they opted to basically attach the rocket bat to Jeff Hardy. You had to yeah. separate him from Matt and go like, we're not getting Brother Nero and, and, and that's okay. Um, so you had to separate them from brands. So yeah. Yeah, so Bludgeon Brothers versus Usos. I like what they've done with the Usos since they ditched the face paint. I think they're great characters I love now. Them. Yeah, yeah. I don't see them getting titles back. No, I think, they I think they're going to run on these guys for a while. Yeah, and maybe even till uh, um, I was going to say War Machine, but they're called uh, War War. No, oh, the War uh, uh, War Raiders. War Raiders. Yeah. now. They're a while thought, away. They're a while away. Oh, they're, but they're already so good. But they're, they're, I've watched they're, many of their matches in Japan. Yeah, they're a, they're a while away. They're going to hang out down there and take Authors of Pain's place. I guess so. Um, so I, 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 don't think, I don't think the Usos will win. I think it'll be a great match. The Usos don't need to win either. They're, they're fine. They're solid no matter what happens. Bludgeon Brothers can hold on to it. And then uh, you're going to probably work a program with Sanity and New Day because you have two three-man teams to yeah. kick things off. And then maybe Sanity makes their way over. Granted, that would have to be a babyface turn for them because the Bludgeon Brothers will stay heel. But they could probably pull it off and get on the good side of the fans. And then they got the uh, 
Cedric Alexander will be wrestling someone. We and don't that know. we'll find out on Tuesday. So right? why can't it be, um, you know, I wish Pete Dunn could just come in and take that title too. <laughs> you know, he, he does a good job defending his WWE uh, European title because mm-hmm. he's all over the indies. And I, I sort of like that, that he goes in with that belt. Right. And defends that title in other territories. It's very uncommon. Way of Austin Aries doing a similar type of thing where he's just keeping all of his titles together, except he's one lighter after last night, mm-hmm. which is very surprising. Who did he lose to last night? Uh, it was Pentagon Jr. that he okay. lost to last night. I was very surprised at that, actually, because Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. Were, were in the three-way, taking the place of Alberto El Patron, who, you know, just... Just, just went away again. Yeah. Just decided not to show up at uh, in New Orleans. Uh, and so there, you know, what you had last night, this is on Impact Redemption last night, their, their pay-per-view that they put on. You kind of expected, well, Austin Aries is, this is what I was thinking, Austin Aries is Impact's guy, so this will be a fun match, but he's going to retain. And then Pentagon Jr. got the win, and I was like, well, this is different yeah. um but it turns out it looks like aries could be uh headed over to roh with more of a contract than uh more permanent style contract with that's ROH. great i'd love to see him over there you know i love roh uh it's fantastic i love what they do with new japan i wish i could go to the war of the worlds when it's in town very soon but uh i am on tour so uh, man this comedy thing's really affecting your wrestling you does, might want to give it up casey you know it, it does affect yeah. your wrestling i yeah. like I went to Super Kicked on Friday night. Uh-huh. That was great. Uh, although, as great as I enjoy, and enjoyed myself, um, was RJ City on the card? No, oh, but okay. I prefer that more. That's a piece of garbage. I, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but people piece like, of garbage. People. Well, Hopefully, it, someone tweets him. Everybody, everybody else uh, that I, that I know, you know, likes him. Uh, but I've never met him. But um, or I've never seen him wrestle. I, well, I've watched him on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, but, you could watch him in the ring, and you're still never going to see him wrestle. Yeah, he does. That's the thing. He doesn't. No, he doesn't do that. Wrestling, right? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, that's uh, that would match Super Kick because they don't have a lot of wrestling. Okay. They have a lot of spots. Yeah. A lot of big spots, and then a, a lot of like you know, I just found it to be like very ECWE, like mm. a lot of tables, a lot of, well, a lot of tables that would not break. Oh, that's Oh good. my God. It was hilarious. Free cut them babies. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of big spots, thumbtacks. That a doesn't lot, do it for me anymore. But, but it, that, the thing is like, but no wrestling, yeah. no wrestling. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Obviously you had a packed house and I will go back, but, um, that's one thing I, I like about smash is they have wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Destiny has wrestling as well. And uh, it's just a great time for indie, pa- indie wrestling. I just don't get to go to it all. Right. But Again, House of comedy Hardcore, getting in the way. Comedy June getting 1st, in the way. House of Hardcore. Right. We will be there for that. Um, Jay, where can we uh, find you online? Oh, what else f- going on? Find the new show. Uh, easiest way, follow me on Twitter at SNME Radio. And uh, check it out online, SundayNightsMainEvent.com. And all the podcasts are up there. You can sign up. We're on the iTunes and all that uh, stuff. Yeah, we're, uh, where it all begins again after doing something for, you know, 17, 18 years. To f- start fresh, is it's a, it's a different world than just on my own. So we'll see how it goes. I'm sure it'll go just fine, uh, as, uh, as I, I predict it will. Um, folks, uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Casey Corbin. You can uh, catch me uh, on all the social formats. Remember that TNW pod on Twitter, uh, Talking Wrestling podcast on Instagram, Talking Wrestling on Facebook and talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Send us a message. Give us a five-star uh, rating and review, and we'll get that postcard out to you. 
Uh, thank you again. Thank you, Jay, for coming on the show today. And uh, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. Uh, we look forward to, you know, entertaining you more down the road. Have a good day. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 